All right, Rabotai, welcome to Erev Shabbat. And uh, we are up to uh, Parashat Re'eh. I must uh, confess that these parashiyot are neglected because they come at a, uh, a very unlucky time if you're a parasha. <clears throat> if you're a parasha, you don't want to be uh, located during the Benazmanim uh, weeks because uh, most rabbis are on vacation. And therefore, you know, they say, listen, I've been Doresh, uh, 52 parashiyot, I can take off parashat to the air. <clears throat> and they find themselves, uh, you know, taking a week off, and therefore usually parashat to the air is, is bypassed. So, again, uh, not too much on this parashat, but it's here. So therefore, Baruch Hashem, and we're here. And therefore, we have no choice but to uh, make some analysis on such a beautiful parasha. In general, the barim is neglected because it's a summer uh, summertime, but Baruch Hashem, not here. They're all good. So we have over here a couple of uh, offerings that we're going to present to our members this morning in the air. One of them is uh, from the Meshech Chokmah, which is uh, the favorites. But what's the beauty about this Meshech Chokmah is to show you how, how deep these rabbis studied the, 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 the text. <clears throat> so he's reading a perasha, and he has a discussion on an old uh, rabbinic rule that's called Hazaka. Hazaka means... Status. According to the Torah law, uh, if a person has a question on a person's status or the status of an item, so the law says, keep it as is until you know it changed. We assume that nothing changed until it changed. As they call it, in law, the status quo. That's called the law of Hazaka. Many of our members study the Talmud, so we're always using Hazaka to you know, answer certain questions, whether it's in marriage or whether it's uh, monetarily, the rules of Hazakastim. And the Gemara, the Sifri, or the, uh, he quotes, just to be accurate, he quotes a, a source in, <coughs> I think in, uh, in Gitin. Yes. He says, that what's the source of Hazaka? What's the source? How do we know this from the Torah? So the Gemara says the source is from Ir Miklat. What's the case of Ir Miklat? So we know that if you have a murderer that killed Bishogig, unintentional. So he has to go flee to one of the cities of refuge. And he lives there <clears throat> until the Kohen Gadol dies. If during his uh, stint in the Ir Miklat, he decides to leave, then he opens himself up to the Goel Hadam, to the avenger of the blood, and he could kill him. And if the uh, Goel Hadam kills the, uh, the murderer, endo damim, you, you can't hold the Goel Hadam responsible, the, uh, the Rotseya shouldn't have left. So the Sifri asks, I said, hold it. How could the Goel Adam kill? Maybe the Kohen Gadol died from the time that he left. So therefore, and if the Kohen Gadol's dead, so therefore he's a free man. So therefore, how do you allow the Goel Adam to kill? And the Hakamim answer, Hazaka. Kohen Gadol was alive. And therefore, there's no reason to Hoshed that he's not alive. And therefore, if he had a status that was alive, <coughs> you assume that until we know otherwise, and that allows the Goel Hadam to, be. to proceed and murder the Rotsayah. It's a, a beautiful proof. Now, the, the, the Meshech HaOkmah is not questioning the veracity of that proof. He just says that from this week's Penasha, we have a better proof for Azaka. And then he says, and I don't know why Hazad didn't choose my proof. I think mine is better. And I said, I, I said, it leaves him the question. 
What, what's the better proof the Meshachokmah says? So in this week's Penashah, we have a law of the false prophet. Uh, so you have over here a case where you had a Navi, let's say he originated as a Navi Emet. He was a religious guy, giving good prophecies. He had a status of a good, uh, you know, prophet, prophet, and so on and so forth. And then at some point, he gave a prophecy to go worship Abu Dazara. The Torah says, once the prophet comes along and says to go worship Abu Dazara, he's already in Abi Sheker. You'll never have a prophet that's going to come and tell you to do that. And therefore, don't listen to him and don't have any, uh, anything to do with the prophet. You might even have to stone him. So there is a, uh, a, a, a sifri that says, O halom hole mahalomahu. Guy has a dream. I had a dream that God said to go worship Abu Dazara, something like that. So it says that from the dream on, he's suspected. But he's not suspected retroactively. The Gaon de Vilna explains. Whatever he prophesied until the Abu Dazara prophecy, listen to him. He doesn't become, you know, retroactive. We don't, we don't grandfather all his prophecies from, uh, from that he did before to say that they are pursued. So therefore, we're talking about a case that Gaon says where he was a good prophet. And he gave a lot of beautiful ideas, a lot of different Nevi'ot. Uh, and then what? He went off to Derech. And the Torah is coming to say, when he goes off to Derech, it's from here on forward and... Nothing that he said before. Says the Meshech Chochmah, what's, uh, what, what, what's the logic of this over here? The logic over here must be Hazakah. Because until he gave the false prophecy, he must have had a Hazakah that he's a good prophet. And therefore, as long as the status is good, it remains good. Says the Meshech Chochmah, that's a better proof than Ir Miklat. Because Ir Miklat is a case where we don't know if the Kohen Gadol died or not. So oh. we have a sefik if he died or not. So you say, you know what? Hazaka. Here we know the oh. Navi became a Navi Sheker. This is a, this is a guy. It's not a sefik if he became a Navi Sheker. And still we're saying, Hazaka, he was good until that point where he went sour. Therefore, we don't grandfather all his previous prophecies to become Sheker. So the Meshach says, I don't know why they didn't bring the proof for Hazaka from this source over here. Sarikh Ishun. You need a cigarette. Sarikh Ishun. Which means, the amazing part of this Mishkoman is that to show you how he learned the, 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 when he saw the case of Nabi Sheker, he woke up and said, hey, there's a Hazaka over here. He said, I happen to like this Hazaka even better than the one that the Hakamim bring. I don't have an answer to it, but that's a, <clears throat> That's an interesting, uh, interesting point of it. So how deep they learned. Uh, they weren't only satisfied with trying to resolve the text, but they, they, they're trying to figure out, hey, this is even better than something we have already. I, I found better. <laughs> it's like their brains work so, 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 so amazing. But can't you say that credibility <clears throat> was no good from the beginning? Huh? Can't you say that credibility was no good? No, from so the beginning? obviously we're talking about it was an Nabi Emet. Uh-huh. He was a Nabi Emet, yeah. and then he went, he went bad. Because that's why that's the Midrash says, he's not suspected prior. Why? Because he was good. Right. Even though we know he went off. So that's a better Hazakah. There's another Meshach. Oh, oh, he's learning from the fact that he says, no, it says, it, it, it says the Sifri. The Sifri says, But how do we know something? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, 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 so what does that have to do with this over like here? Proof, like same thing. He same gave thing. a bread okay. Same. I don't know exactly what the same thing is, but it's. it's I, I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. <coughs> okay. That's so now, now there's another, another beautiful Meshach Chokmah that I have to present. 
But if you have Chumashim, you've got to see it inside. It's, it's, I mean, this is something that's... It's nothing short than brilliant. That's, that's all I have to tell you. But it's going to need some brain power. Hey, 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 gentlemen, I can come and tell you Bible stories if that makes you, uh, you know, happier. We can tell stories something that Ma'amlo is. And, uh, like like or we can go deep into the parasha. I know some here we go again. That's what Meshach Chokmah is going to drive us crazy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to show you the pasuk over here. And when I read this pasuk, I saw absolutely nothing in it. That's why I haven't written a book on uh, on Tanakh, and that's why the Meshach Chokmah is a classic. <clears throat> Look at Perek Tet Zayin Pasuk Het. I mean, you can't find a more innocuous Pasuk in the Torah than this Pasuk over here. It's a 16-8. I mean, you, you tell me if you see anything uh, strange here. Sheshet Yamim Tochal Matzot. Six days eat Matzot. Ubayom HaShivii Atzeret LaShem Elohecha. And on the... On the seventh day, I'd say that meaning it's a day of stoppage, day of work, no work, cessation of work. Don't, don't do work. I mean, this is, the, this is such a basic pursuit. We notice this is called Pesach. And what does Pesach tell us? Six days you eat matzot. <clears throat> On the seventh day, it's a day of stoppage of work. What does it mean, stoppage of work? I'd say it. Now what? comes the Meshachogmah and says, in his opinion, this might be the knockout punch and probably the biggest refutation to Tzeduki philosophy. Now let's talk about the Tzedukim for a minute. The Tzedukim, they were the, the purists. They believed in a very literal reading of Torah Shebikhtab without any additives from rabbis and Torah Shebaal Peh and tradition. They followed the text as is. <clears throat> That's it. They read it and they put their, uh, uh, their, their literal interpretation. That's called Tzidukim. <clears throat> now, strangely enough, Tzidukim are religious people. It's just it's a different religion. It's the closest thing to Judaism. You know, it, it smelled like Judaism, looked like Judaism, you know, some, sometimes even tasted like Judaism, but it's not Judaism. It's just Judaism without, without the library. They have one book. You go to a Tzeduki, he has got one book on the shelf. It's on Sino Homash, you know, the King, ja- King George, uh, King James uh, interpretation. And that's it. You don't need too many books. What are you, you going to confuse with the books for? Very, very simple. It's one book. I mean, you donate the library in the Tzeduki shul, that's it. It's one book. Said you get you get exactly. You don't gotta pay all that money. It's only homashim. That's what you gotta pay for. And uh, <clears throat> obviously, the rabbis were always at odds with these guys because these guys were popular. Why are they so popular? Because uh, they're selling a, a, a watered down version of uh, of Judaism. I mean, by and large, most of their procedures are leniencies. They got a few stringencies in there. Because you, know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But most of their rules are, uh, are lenient because you don't got to follow all the technicalities of the book. And therefore, it's easier to sell Siduki philosophy than it is to sell, you know, strict uh, religious uh, orthodox uh, Haredi. By the way, it's easier to sell reform and conservative than it is to sell, uh, you know, uh, strict orthodox because... You know, the reform guy lets you drive to, to, to the temple. The reform guy lets you uh, intermarry. The reform guy uh, lets you uh, eat hametz on Pesach. The reform guy lets you do everything. And you still have a helik la'olam Where uh, the guy in the, the orthodox place, he doesn't let us do anything. And even if we're the biggest sadiq, he still tells you you're going to go to Gehinam anyway. So, <laughs> so you can't win. In our system, you can't win. Everybody's going to Gehinam. Go, you say, you have helik by Gehinam, by us. And by the other guy, don't worry, you can do anything you want. So anyway, how, how can I sell a religion that's, that's going to condemn everybody to Gehinam? Well, you got this selling religion that condemns everybody to uh, get an end, no matter what you do. No matter what you do. The only way you can go to Gehinam 
according to the reform, is if you become orthodox. <laughs> that, that's the biggest I want. Don't become orthodox. Then you go to H-E-L-L. But if you don't become, as long as you don't become orthodox, you're with us in, uh, in, in Gareh. So that's a, it, it's a surprise. So that's what Sidukim. So Sidukim were very, very, very popular. And the rabbis were always debating them. And the Gemara even tells us that uh, on days that we won the debates against the Sidukim became national holidays, where you can't fast on those days, and they became days of celebration, because it seems they were so prevalent and had such a, 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 an influence that we, today, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> we don't have these uh, type of debates so much, but in the olden days, the rabbis really had to preserve those. Now, one of the major items that the Tzidukim preached was a pasuk in the Torah. The pasuk says that on the second day of Pesach, you bring a korban called korban Omer, And korban Omer will allow you now to eat from the new crop. Uh, the new crop does not become permissible to eat only from the second day of Pesach when the korban Omer is brought, which means everything until that point is called uh, Hadash. And Hadash asum in the Torah. Uh, and therefore... The uh, uh, Hadash becomes Yashan on the second day. Only problem is, it says nowhere in the Torah that the Korban HaOmer is brought on the second day of Pesach. There is no Pasuk that says, Bayom Sheni Shel Pesach Tavi Korban HaOmer. If there was a Pasuk like that, then the Tzidukim would say, it's written Beperush. Instead, what does the Pasuk say? It says, Mimahorat <coughs> HaShabbat. You shall bring the Qurban Omer on the day after Shabbat. Oh, now that's what you say. But they come along and say, well, listen, Shabbat is Shabbat. We know it's Shabbat. It says a hundred times the Torah. Shabbat is the Sabbath. We have a word for that. It's called Sunday. The day after Shabbat. It's called Sunday. And therefore they say that the Shabbat after Pesach, or whenever Shabbat Pesach, whenever that Shabbat of Pesach falls out, the day after it, which sometimes will be the second day, sometimes will be the third day, sometimes will be whenever it falls out. And therefore, on that day, that's when you bring the Korban HaOmen, and that's when the Hadash becomes Yashan. So that's, by the way, the stringency that they have. Because, well, we're allowed to eat already you know, the, the Yashan, you know, earlier, they know, oh, you got to wait till on Shabbat. So again, that's, that, that's a case where Tzidukim are being strict. But the point is, now it's hard for us to sell our, our opinion because we got to tell the, the people, wherever we're tired, we know it says Mara Shabbat. The one Moshe Rebbe who came down from Har Sinai, he told us that that Shabbat doesn't mean Shabbat. Sabbath, it means Yom Tov. Because Yom Tov could also be called Shabbat. So when it says Shabbat, it means the day after the first day of Pesach. We have a way of calling that. The second day of Pesach. So they call Shabbat Sunday, and we call Shabbat the second day of Pesach. Fine. And the Mahlokit stems in how to learn the word Shabbat. Sidukim say, we learn Shabbat. Shabbat. Shabbat uh, don't gotta, don't, leave, leave, leave your thumbs at home. Leave your thumbs, leave at, home. Your thumbs at home. And the Hakimim say, no, you can't leave your thumbs at home. You got to bring your thumbs and you got to bring your tradition. You got to bring your Halakam Hashem Sinai. And we're going to tell you it's the second day of Pesach. That's, that's the whole argument. And they go back and forth trying to bring your proofs of it. So Meshachokmah says, in the Pasuk we just read, is the knockout punch from the Torah against the Tzedukim. Oh, did not, did it knocked out. them out. He said, it's a, it's a beferush pasuk against the tzedukim. And what's, what's the nuance that he finds? The nuance that he finds is like this. Sometimes in the Torah you'll find, when the Torah is talking about a day that you're not allowed to work, sometimes the pasuk will say, kol melacha lo ta'asu, Sometimes it'll say, Kol melechet avodah lo ta'asu. What is the difference when the Torah says, Kol melacha or Kol melechet avodah? Good question. Mej Chogmah says, very simple. There's a difference between melacha and melechet avodah. 
Meneket Avodah means uh, work that is considered Avodah, but that comes to uh, 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 imply that there's a Melechah that's permissible. Only Meleket Avodah is forbidden, but Meleket that's not Avodah, Perush, Meleket Achila will be permissible, which means Yom Tov. Whenever the Torah talks about Yom Tov's forbidden Melechah, it always will say, Kol Meleket Avodah lo ta'asu, and they learn from there, yeah, Melechet Avodah, you can't go to work, but you can do Melechah, you can carry, you can, uh, you can uh, cook, you can do all sorts of, uh, so, not only with Yom Tov. On Yom Tov. You don't cook on Yom Tov? Oh, that's right, only cook. Okay, fine. Right, that's, that's what I do. Uh, so now, so now, again, that's why always on Yom Tov, the Torah will say, Kol Melechet Avodah lo ta'asu, because that's the only time Melechah that's forbidden, Avodah. But Melechah she'ena shel Avodah, kekol Melechah shel Akhila, muteret. When it comes to Shabbat, however, Shabbat always says, Kol Melechah lo ta'asu. Because there's no difference between Melechet Avodah, Melechet Akhila, Kol Melechah lo ta'asu. That's Klal Gadol b'Yahadut. So far so good? Good. Now here, the Torah is coming to tell us, that six days you shall eat matzot. Now, it's not true, by the way. Exactly. We don't eat matzot for six days. We eat matzot for seven days. It's not it's a, Unless you want to eat it. One day you can't eat matzot for seven days. You'll die. So then they give you one day off. Matzot for six days. Even six days is a lot. So they give you a... Listen, you get one day to... You know, to egg matzah. You can have egg matzah. Now that's how it's going to tell you. It's a seven-day holiday. So why is it only telling me that I eat matzot for six? So the Achamim come along and say what the Torah is telling you is that six out of the seven you can eat from the new crop. Understand? Six out of the seven I can eat from the new crop. On the first day of Pesach I can't eat from the new crop. Why can't I eat from the new crop? Because I didn't bring korban. Amen. And therefore, uh, the, the, the most that you're going to be able to eat <coughs> is what? Six days. Now the Tzidukim, by the way, have no problem with this pasuk. That's it. We agree with this pasuk. Because the case is talking about Pesach falls out on a Shabbat. When Pesach falls out on a Shabbat, so when will the Tzidukim bring the Korban Omer? On Sunday. And therefore you got six days. So the Tzidukim say, this pasuk has got no problem. And now comes the Meshach Chokmah's knockout blow. Look at what the Torah says the last day of the holiday is. The pasuk says, on the seventh day, look at be a day of stoppage of work. Oh. That must be that the seventh day of Pesach in this scenario is not a regular weekday. Because if it was a regular weekday, it would say, the fact that the Pesuk said, must be, we're talking about a case over here where the last day of Pesach must be a Shabbat. And therefore, if the last day is Shabbat, that means the first day is Sunday. Wait, if the first day is Sunday, according to the Tzidukim, you're not eating any days of Hadas, because that means the first day you're bringing the Omer is not until after the holiday is over. So for the fact that it says Sheshet Yamim, that six days you will eat from the new crop, when Pesach, the last day, falls out on Shabbat, that means the first day fell out on a Sunday, and then when you're bringing the Korban Omer on, Monday, so you're eating Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, six days. So from here you see clearly that even when the case where the last day of Pesach is Shabbat, you have six days to eat from the from the new crop, and there will you clearly see from here that the Torah is telling you that Tzidukim must be wrong. Remember how we learned it? It's such a nuance, just because it says Lo Ta'asim Melacha. It should have said Lo Ta'asim Melechet. Avodah, shows you when the last day of Pesach is. The last day of Pesach must be, says the Mishnah Ochma, on Shabbat. Shabbat. And when did you bring the Omer? 
Monday. And therefore you can start eating matzot from the hadash on Monday for six days according to the tzidukim in this year of the Torah. How many days did you eat? None. Because when do you bring... On a Sunday. Exactly. The Sunday after the holiday. There's no Shabbat of Pesach. The Shabbat of Pesach last day. And therefore it's not Cheshit Yamim. The Torah is coming to tell you that you'll eat, you'll owe... Ism. I'll tell you better. The Torah is telling you according to our tradition you will always eat from the new crop six days. Even when the last day is Shabbat, you'll still get full six days. And according to the Tzidukim, some days you will get. When Shabbat, when Pesach comes out on a Shabbat, you'll get six days. But when Pesach comes out on any other day, you're not getting six days according to... And for sure, not when it's the last day of Pesach is coming out on the first day of Sunday, for sure you're not getting any days. And the says, guess what? On the day, on the holiday that you say you get no days of eating from the new crop, we say you actually get the same six that you get every year. That's the, the beauty of the Mezhe From the Pasuk itself, he learns the reputation against Siddukim. I mean, that's a, how does a man learn a Pasuk? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But before, before we look at this Pasuk, we said, there's nothing you'll be able to derive out of this Pasuk that's worth anything. And here when he comes along and says, it's the biggest, biggest group in the world. How does he know the Shishaya people? Huh? How does he know but it has to be because it should be seven days. We don't eat matzot for six days. A lot of other explanations for the six and seven. Oh, no, 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 the, 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 the Hazal tell us over here that the reason why it says six and not seven days, because we really have to eat matzot for seven days. So it must be telling you that six out of the seven are hadash, that become yashah. That's, that's one of the ways to learn it. Okay, obviously, there's another answer you could say that we don't have to tell you about the first day because the first day we told you already. The first day we told you that's a Leil Pesach, that's Seder. That's another answer. He's going with the Shita that says the six is for, for Yasha. Well, according to the Sifri. It's a Sifri. It's a Sifri. They can just say. What? Should we say seven? Seven. Let them eat six days of Pesach. Yeah, that'll only be when Pesach comes out on a Shabbat. When Pesach comes down on the no, Shabbat. I'm talking about Hadash. I'm talking about Hadash. Then they have to, they have to, an, okay, they have to answer. They have to answer why only six and not seven. Why only six what? Why, why six days eating? Why are you going to say five, maybe four, why three? Why, why six? Six days matzah? Yeah, seven days matzah, really. No, they'll, they'll eat six. Oh, they'll eat six. They're, 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 six oh, oh, they'll change matzah. that too. They'll change that too. But yeah, no, no, they can't no, change that. Another pasuk that says in the first day you got to eat. Oh, it says you have to eat seven. We know that. No, it says you got to eat in the first day. They, they're stuck. The pasuk says you got to eat in the first day. No, no, they got, it's, it's six and one. They, still, they, 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 they didn't deny mathematics. They still believe in mathematics. All right, Rabotai. Rabotai, that's the second offering of the Meshach Ochman. Now we go further. Now we go further. Ah, that's a beauty uh, That's a beauty piece. All right. Rabotai, some food for thought. No pun intended. Okay. Yes. How do you make the Messiah on the second day? No, you're allowed saying, to bake. No, you got to fry it. You got to this. You got to, and it's dyke wool. You got to. You have to wait for dyke wool. You got to grind it. And this it's, it's, it takes a while. All right. Eighteen minutes. You got. That's it. You got eighteen minutes. <laughs> so now, now I'd like to bring you another another amazing piece. Now from the Orachim Kadosh. In our Perasha, it also mentions the mitzvah of Sedaka. So you want to go to read it inside, 15-7. 15-7. I'm going out of order, Rabotai, following the rabbinic rule in Mugdam al-Meruhar Batorah. Now this is a uh, bombshell, actually, from the Orahim HaKadosh. We didn't offer this one in the OU app this week. We offered a different one, which was also a beauty. Ayan Shah, uh, but we'll give you a new one for today. Just FYI, uh, the OU commissioned me uh, in the beginning of the year, Parashat Bereshit, to say over in Ora Haima Kadosh every week. And they put it on an app called uh, All Parasha. I recommend you to go to that app. I think it's one of the best apps out there for Parashat Shavua. And uh, you'll see over there that Baruch Hashem, so far we're able to keep up with an offering from the Ora Haima Kadosh every week. Uh, I think it's Faradi, give him, uh, give him some Faradi. Uh. <laughs> little play, if 
Okay, so that she reminds us that Evyon is more impoverished than an Ani. Evyon comes from the word Ta'ev. Ta'ev has a, a desire. He's desirous. More than the Ani. The Ani you know is not saying? as needy because he has something. But this guy's needy because he needs everything. He's called an Evyon. He's in need for everything. Evyon melashon ta'ava. He desires and needs everything because he has nothing. So ki yebecha Evyon. Mehad achecha from your brothers. Mehad shaarecha, and then the botai. I got what the pasuk. Be'artzecha. I got what the pasuk is trying to tell me. We're talking about we I've, we've identified a poor man. That's basically what we need to do over here. And what, once you identify the poor man, what do you got to do with him? Don't have a, a hardened heart. And uh, therefore, do not uh, uh, close your hand from your brother, the Evyon. Instead, open your hands. Give him what he needs. I have no problem. Basically, this is the mitzvah that's called tzedakah. Now, why does the Torah have to make such a kibaka Evyon? Okay. From your brothers, from your gates, from your land. What, what is it giving me the whole uh, order? Give me the procedure. What's the procedure? You got a poor guy. Well, you're vetting him? What, 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 what do we, you, you, this is right over here. This is to, to make sure that he's not a rich guy that's uh, squaring the money. It's time he's from your brothers. Okay, I'm assuming we're talking about a Jewish guy. Okay, he comes from one of your cities. Oh, because I thought, and if he's a Martian, you don't have to give him. He has to mean he's coming from planet Earth. As opposed to, uh, and if you're on from planet Mars, you don't have to give. I mean, what's, what's all this extra, extra words over here? So that she deals with it. But that's not my question. She deals with every one of these words. Oh, so a paternal brother comes before a maternal brother. Rules. The anim of your city come before the anim of a different city. That's, that's the rule over there. Huh. So, what do you think over here? The rabbis of Israel are going to let us get away with this over here? The rabbis of Israel, they come to collect. Ah, we show them this Nashi and say, hey, let's, 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 let's. we come from New York, we're in New Jersey over here. Nashi says, and therefore, leave us alone. Go back to Bnei Barak. And they come along and they show us uh, rabbis that say, but according to Hazal, Israel's considered Irkha. That's it. What do you think? You're American, you're an Israeli. So therefore, we're all Israeli citizens at the end of the day. And therefore, they have a right to come along and say, we go, we go first. Okay? And we can say, Kimli, like Rashi. And I follow Rashi. So anyway, it says over here. What's the right, honey? No, I'm saying, is it more embarrassing for if you want to collect than an Ali? Like, is there like a proud... More needy. Oh, oh, he, no, more needy. No, he's just saying, of course you have to give to the Ani also. He's just saying this is the, all, all, the obvious. Yeah, the uh, he's the lowest, the lowest of the lowest scope. Sure, you got to take care of him. Okay, now, yeah. now watch this over here. Now, before we go further, before we go further, so now... I mean, the, the pasuk over here is very verbose. Don't harden your heart. There was, one, uh, there was one person that came to the doctor and he said uh, he's having heart pains. So uh, the doctor said, give me your hand. And he started to take his pulse. So he said, the doc... I didn't say my hand is hurting, I said my heart is hurting. He says, we know your heart from how your hand is. Oh, wow. Which if you want to know a person's heart, you see how he gives. The way you test a person's heart, not from his heart, you see his hand. If his hand is loose, then already he has a good heart. But if he has a, a clenched fist, that means his heart's bad also. So the way I check the heart is, the, is through the hand. So now, it says, don't, don't hold your, uh, your heart. I mean, it's a lot of words. Just say, open your hands. Don't close your hands, but open your hands. So the famous Gaon Mivilna, 
on this pasuk over here. There's two entries of the Gaon Mevilna on this pasuk that are classic. The Gaon says that you can't take it with you, as we know. At the end of the day, all the assets remain behind. <laughs> you can't take it all with you, but you can't take anything with you. What do you mean you can't take it all? You can only take religious accomplishments. Mitzvot, Torah, Ma'asim Tovim, Tzedakot, things like that. But physical, tangible assets, there's no transfer from this world to the next world. Therefore, you have to be uh, smart to make sure that you uh, use your assets in this world for... For real, for real estate. Real estate means real estate. The real estate is the Olam Abba. And not to just, once you get to Olam Abba, all the money that you left turns into monopoly money. That's it. This money will expire when you expire, God forbid. So therefore, and therefore you have no value. You could, you could turn money into eternity so long as you're alive. <clears throat> once a person passes, that money is not legal tender anymore, and therefore you cannot do anything with it. So that Torah is coming to tell you you can't take it with you. It's, it's a very important lesson. And that's why at the end of the person's life, the Hebra Kaddisha, one of the things they do is, is that they open his hands. Usually the person's hands are open like this, and the lesson is that they're saying, okay, nothing. you, you took nothing, you took nothing with you. <clears throat> they go over to notice something, <clears throat> that when a child is born, however, the child is born with his fists clenched. And there's a, there's a psychology behind it. Because there's a certain drive that's innate in human beings that they have an acquisitive nature. Not inquisitive, acquisitive. They want to acquire. And therefore, they're born with their fists closed as if to say they want to take everything. At the end of the day, although they're born like this, but they die with their hands open that they took nothing. So the pasuk is to be read according to the government like this. Don't clench your fist. You know why? Because one day your hand is going to be opened when you die. And therefore, at that point over there, when your hand is open, you're not taking anything with you. So therefore, when you're alive, exactly. So it's going to, yeah, exactly. Which means, they're going to open up your hands. And therefore, you're not going to have nothing to show for it. So that's the way he learns the pasuk. Gemara tells a story of one of the rabbis. <coughs> I'm actually bring it uh, over here. Uh, there was a story told of uh, one of the rabbis that was climbing up uh, a ladder. <coughs> and when he climbed up the ladder, the rung broke from underneath him. And he fell off the ladder and... Uh, he, uh, or he was walking and he, yeah, he, the, 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 the rung broke and the, 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 he, he fell. And he got hurt, broke his head. He was still alive, but he, he was walking up the steps and the step broke from underneath him. So when he came to the shul, uh, the rabbis told him, what happened to you? He was all bandaged up. He said, I was walking up the steps, the step broke and I fell. So he said, oh, maybe an ani came to you uh, for money and you didn't, uh, you didn't give him. Actually, truth is matter. The guy did solicit me this morning and gives. Ah, that's uh, that's that's uh, that, that. You got your punishment over there. So he said, you, you, you get punished for punishment for not giving sevaka. You get uh, sekila." And he said, "Yeah, because whoever doesn't give money to to, to the anim, it's like he worships Abu Dazara, and Abu Dazara is sekila. Therefore, yeah, you, you, you got yours." So the Gaon the Vilna came along and said, "Everything that happens in this world." is Mirumaz somewhere in the Torah. <laughs> so they asked the Gaon, where is this story of a person not giving tzedakah that he's going to uh, fall off the step, the step is going to break, and uh, he's going to get punished. So he said, if you look at the Pasuk, Ki tiftah. If you look at the cantillation, the ta'amim on the words patoah tiftah, what's the ta'amim? Dargah tebir. What is dargah tebir? Dargah is the step. Madrega, Tebir means to break. And if not, Darga Tebir, the step will break. And then from the Ta'amim. That's amazing. He saw the Ta'amim. In the notes, he saw already a story being told over here 
that that's uh, that's what's going oh, to like happen. Steps, in other words? <laughs> Even if you look at it, it looks like a step. The, yeah. the, 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 the note, yeah, the note, the note is a step. By the way, it's a darga. It looks like a step. The the, the, the shape of it, darga tebir. Okay, but now we want to read the orachim kadosh on this person. That's a simple explanation. It's a mitzvah of sedaka. <clears throat> so he says. Now, you know, Orahima Kadosh, he explains the Torah in, you know, you never know which way he's going to take you. You can go to Pardes. <clears throat> Sometimes he'll start with Pshat, and before you know it, you're in outer space. He's in the sword, and he's taking you to the, to the uh, you know, to the esoteric. Here, he decides to use a style called Remez. Remez, it's an illusion. And he says, Ubederich Remez, Yirmoz. I'm going to give you a very, very big observation. This pasuk is referring to not anybody, but one of the most exclusive and one of the most special and unique members of our nation. I mean, how do we know that? The pasuk says, Mehad Ahecha means, Ahad can also mean not one of your people, but Miyuhad. Significant. She'elav anu mekavim umetzapim. And this person we're waiting for and we're anticipating, Matayavo. When is he going to come already? Vehu melech Yisrael meshihenu. He is King of Israel, the Messiah. Asher hu evyon. But we know something about the Mashiach. The Nabi tells us he's an ani verochev al hamor. The Mashiach, unfortunately, we know his financial uh, uh, status. At this point, he is destitute. The Gemara says that he's found in low places, but the sick people, but the aniim, with all the, uh, the people that are downtrodden. Unfortunately, the plight of the Mashiach is the plight of the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah also is referred to, the Shekhinah is God's presence in exile, is referred to Dalav Aniyah. Dalav Aniyah means poor and impoverished. Shekhinah is, uh, <coughs> that's the reason why that Sadiqi make tikkun hatzot every night. And they sit on the floor. What are they doing? They're going, God's they're going where the Shekhinah is. The Shekhinah is in a low place. And therefore, every night they make tikkun hatzot, which is a form of, it's like a, you're making a shiva call. You're, baking a, you're, you're making Yuhamah B'dim to the Shekhinah. You're coming telling the Shekhinah to Nuhamu. Exactly. All of them, all the Sadiqi, they go down to the floor where the Shekhinah is. And they commiserate with the Shekhinah. So he says, the Mashiach is in the same place. So he says, like it says, I never give But whose fault is it? Whose fault is it if the Mashiach is impoverished and is lacking and is low? The Mashiach, by the way, is the highest of all the Tzadikim. He's going to have wisdom even more than Solomon. He's going to have prophecy even rivaling Moshe Rabbeinu. Therefore, how can he be so? The Pasuk says, Ve'amar Becha. You know what Becha means? Besibatcha. If there's an Evion, you know why the Mashiach said Evion? Becha. It's because of you. Wow. What do you mean because of you? Ki avonotenu erichu kitsenu. Our Averot have caused the Mashiach's delay. And therefore, we can't blame it on inflation. You can well, have your ass, you know, the price of uh, price of living's gone up, and the poor guy can't, can't, can't afford it. It's not my fault. Uh, Let him get a job. No, that's, that's not nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with the economy. Why the Mashiach is Evion? Whose fault is it? Becha. Gam ramaz betebat becha ki Evion banu shemitavem matayavon gaolenu. Another interpretation. If Yon, like we learned, is somebody that is wanting, he has a lot of wants. And what is the want of Mashiach? 
Becha. His want is us. He's an ibyon. He has needs. He has, he has will. He has, he has desires. But he desires what? He has cravings. What is his cravings? Becha. And what's the craving? The Gaonenu. He wants to redeem us. That's why he uses the Lashon Evyon. Not, not Natan, thank you for spelling it out oh. clearly. It's the only line that I didn't say. I left it to the, to the imagination of our listeners over here. And you gave the art scroll uh, uh, interpretation to what the implication was. Hazaku Baruch. Did you cheat? No, no. He's no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he has it in front of him. Vetzeh ulmad. Vetzeh ulmad. You remember the story of the Yeshua and the our great rabbi? He once saw Mashiach. He saw him. Amazing thing. So he asked him, he said, uh, Mashiach, when are you coming? The Mashiach told him, Hayom. He got all excited. Yeshua ran back to the yeshiva and said, I saw Mashiach. Now nobody doubted that he didn't see Mashiach. Is that, come on, Chabatska, you're you 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 what happened? So he went back to the Mashiach. He said, hey, you're in a class action suit. You said you're coming today and you didn't show up over here. You're in trouble. He said, you got so excited, you didn't let me finish the Pasuk. Hayom im tishma'u. Come today if you follow. If you, if you listen, if you follow the, follow the rules over there. And obviously, but so you see the Mashiach, what's come yesterday? The Mashiach's desire is to come Immediately, just say, "Do me a favor, give me, give me an excuse to come, and I'll show up." fine. The Mashiach is called what? What is that? He's the the choice, like the pasuk says, Remember the the when, when Abimelech almost went with Sarah. So the pasuk says, "Kimat shachav ahad aam." Who's ahad aam? The king, the the choice one. So therefore, ahad aichad referring to the choice. Now watch this. This is amazing. What does shaarecha mean? The gates of the city is where the bedin used to sit. And when Mashiach is going to come and reveal himself, he's going to be Muflesha Bibedin. He's going to be the chief justice. He's going to be the head of the Sanhedrin. So therefore the Pasuk is saying, and this man is going to have the aptitude of Ahad Sha'arecha, of the Miyuhad Shibibedin. He's going to have the highest status of the court. And it says over here, Upiru Sha'arecha, like it says, Ashara. Now watch this, Big Hadushia. This, this is, I think, going to disqualify a lot of our members from being the Mashiach. The Omro be'artzecha le'ahir ki horato ve'ledato be'eris Yisrael ha'kedosha. The Mashiach's got to be born in Israel. That's why the Pasuk says, be'artzecha. So, again, even though uh, you might have the other qualifications. Guys, beauty, I'm a poor guy. I qualify to be my... That's probably the, you know, that's probably the easiest of the directors over here. Exactly. I'm a poor guy. If I can be Mashiach. Yeah, right. No. So, so that's... that's uh, without, without, without going into all the difference, there's been hundreds of false Mashiachs throughout the, throughout the, throughout the generation. But now... A guy comes to you and says, I'm the Mashiach. First thing he asks him, show me your passport. Very simple. Show me your passport. The guy shows he was born in, uh, in Portugal. That's it. You're, you're a Sferadi, maybe, but you're not, uh, you, you can't be the uh, Mashiach. It's got to be born, which, 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 which is, uh, you know, basically, Mashiach's being an Israeli. So that, that, that's uh, something I really look forward to. But the point is. I'm about to figure that one out. <laughs> Anyway, so that, that's the, uh, that, 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 oh, now, my, that's what I'm going to do, beauty, beauty piece. My question was, 
the, why would the Torah be miramez the Mashiach in the pasuk that primarily according to Pshat is talking about tzedakah I mean the Torah can be miramez Mashiach wherever it wants it decides to put this remez in the context of where tzedakah Sion We know that Zion will be redeemed. Sion and its captivities, Veshaveh that are going to return, are going to return Konani, like the Pasuk says. You will be established through Tzedakah. And the question is, how is Tzedakah? So uh, 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 integral to the process of Geulah. Tzedakah is integral to the process of Geulah. What's the explanation? <coughs> so it's based on what we heard from Rabbi Atiyah the other day. I'm just connecting it. When he gave us a shiur on Parnasah, according to the Arizal. So he gave us the secrets of uh, how to access so he said that what is the uh, uh, mitzvah of tzedakah? What's the, the essence of it? So we always think, you see a poor guy, give him, give him some money. No. He's doing you a favor. No, the kabbalah is when you're giving tzedakah is that you're giving sustenance to the Shekhinah. It's different than the Kabbalah. The Ani is the representative of the Shekhinah. Because just like the Shekhinah is Dalab, Aniyah, and all that, so therefore, how, how, how do we bring life and uh, uh, Shefa to the Shekhinah? So when we see the representative of the Shekhinah, the one that's in the da. same, the dal, the lava aniyah. So therefore, we, we give, and the kavanah is, I'm giving this to the ani, but my kavanah is that it should lift the shekhinah from its, from its exile. Not that the shekhinah needs the money, it's more in the dal. It, it, in the sense that this mitzvah, this mitzvah brings a shefa to the shekhinah. Okay. In the, in, not in the form of money, obviously. In no, the form in the form of, of spiritual, right. spiritual elevation. That's the way the Shekhinah, uh, 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 it says in the Pasuk, Tinu'oz Lelohim. Uh, give strength to God. Okay. I give strength to God. I give strength to God. Yeah, the Shekhinah needs sustenance. So what do you mean? What am I going to give the Shekhinah? Pe- pe- peanut butter jelly sandwich? Uh, no. That's your point is. No, you do Sedaqah, but the Sedaqah actually uh, lifts the Shekhinah. I want to explain it. I want to explain it to you in a, in a deep, deep, deeper understanding. And a deeper understanding. When a person gives a dakah, the holy Darizal writes that. The longest letter in the alphabet is the kof. It's the lowest letter. The leg of the kof goes all the way down. What does that represent? The Shekhinah is in the world where we are. It's called Olama Asiyah. It's the world that we're in. It's the lowest of the worlds. It's called Olama Asiyah. The world of action, the world of deeds. I'm not talking about the Atzilut. Talk about the regular word that we're living in, Olam In the bottom of Olam Asiyah, there's levels, there's 10 steps in Asiyah. Starting from Keter, I'm talking about the lowest level in Asiyah, the basement of Asiyah is called what? Malchut. Understand? Yeah. Malchut. Malchut. <coughs> Gentlemen, don't be like that. I'm expanding your brains now. Now you say, hey, Kabbalah, I'm done now, we'll get out of here. Like Which it. means, why not learn things that you never heard of before? You, one day you're going to read this in a book. 
He said, I should have listened when the rabbi was talking about it. And I, don't, I have no idea what he was talking about because I, I, I zoned out. When we were in eighth grade, Acham Baruch HaLavashu and Mag and David used to teach us all these concepts. And we used to sit there not knowing what he's talking about. But I always remember in my mind saying, just remember everything the man's saying and just put it in the recording. One day you'll play it back and know what the man meant. And it happens all the time. He, he teaches us, come on, what's this guy talking about? Oh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, you saw Jimmy, no, no. He's over there, wait, 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 make it use of punch ball. He's talking about, oh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, so. We can handle it. But the point is, later on in life, we took it out of the storage, and we said, ah, oh, that's what the man was talking about. So here, on the, on the lowest level in Olama Asiya, which was, let's say, the basement, it's called Malchut. Malchut is a synonym for the word Shekhinah. A good synonym, by the way. A good synonym, by the way. Melech, Shekhinah. Shekhinah is God's representation in this world. Of course, the real presence of God is, you say, Akavod, but in this world, you have to have a presence. So the presence of God is still in God says, I will never leave you. I'm going to feel a presence, there'll be a presence. Shekhinah, 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 presence. The Zorah Kadosh says, regarding the Shekhinah and the Malchut, let me klum. What does that mean, let me klum? It has nothing. Let, let meaning in. Megarme, me'atzmo, klum. The Shekhinah is bankrupt. The Mekubalim say the word melech is Rashetemot. Let me klum. That's the Nyan melech, let me klum. It doesn't have any, that's the Malchut. Now, because it's on the lowest level, what's underneath Olam Asiyah? The dark side. The Kilipot. That's all the, the underworld. Exactly, all the underworld over there. And unfortunately, since the Shekhinahs at the lower level, the Kilipot have... They have reach. Oh, they are. So, so now you understand what it means, the Shekhinahs, it's in the lowest place and the Kilipot have... And they love it because... The Kiddipot can only live off of Kiddushah. They're scavengers. So they got to have some form of Kiddushah. So they latch on. They latch on. Like leeches. Wow. The Gemara says, Kof, Gemara Shabbat. What does Kof stand for? Kadosh. Kof, Kadosh. Because the letter Kof goes all the way down. That means the Shekhinah, which is Kadosh, it goes all the way down into the Kali, into the Kilipot. And yeah. see what happens? So now what happens? When we come along and give Siddhaqah, we come along and give Siddhaqah, all of a sudden something happens. We give Siddhaqah, we cut the leg of the Kof, and when you cut the leg of the Kof, what letter does it become? He oh. is the letter that represents the Shekhinah. And that's what we call it Siddhaqah. The last two letters of Siddhaqah are what? Kof, He. That we turn the Kof into a He. Utztakat tatsil mimavid. Mimavid what? Of the Shekhinah. Not only a life insurance policy. The reason why it saves us from Avgus Midah Keneged Midah. Why was the Kaz Mimavid? Because you must have saved somebody. Yeah, I saved the guy. Ah, by saving the guy from Mabit, what you really did was you lifted the Shekhinah from a dangerous place. And therefore, now you're giving sustenance to the Shekhinah to, to lift it up. Once the Shekhinah lifts up, it's away from the Kali. Because that's what Yotzadakah did. You turned the corp into the hair. And therefore, now we understand... Now we understand. Just one, one more, one more point. I'm not going to. I know that the end of Shabbat. I'm not going to delay over it. <laughs> that Rizal says <laughs> that in this world we have. <laughs> The concept of the sweetening of the judgments by taking the God's name of mercy and combining it with God's name of judgment, which is Havaya Adanut. Havaya is 26, Adanut is 65, when you put it together, 
91. And that's it. That's the famous number 91, which is the, the, the sweetening of the judgments. It's an all our situation. Very important. Now I understand what we're talking about. We're sweetening the judgments. Always, we always do that. So now it says that when Mashiach comes, the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is going to be upgraded to Yudke Yudke. I'll say again. Bayomahu Yehiyeh Hashem. Oh, Hashem is going to be Yehiyeh. Not Yehiyeh. Yudke Yudke. That's what's going to happen. It's going to upgrade. And Gaalti Yedchem Aharit Kereshit. When Mashiach comes, Aharit, the last two letters, will be like the first two letters. The last two letters that Avavke will now turn into Yudke as well. So it's going to be Yudke, Yudke. And therefore, we're going to make now sweetening of the judgments again, but not through Havaya Adanut, we're going to do through Yehye Adanut. That means 30 plus 65, which is going to be what? 95. About them, so we're going to, the new, now you say 91, huh? When Mashiach comes, the new numbers will be 95. Because mm. it's going to be Yehye. About them? With this, we once explained where is the mitzvah in the Torah to build the Beit Hamikdash? What is it? Truma? Yeah. The Mikdash, the Shachanti, the Build me a Beit Hamikdash, which will hopefully be the third temple, and I will rest in your rest in your midst. Now the Sefer HaChinuch lists the mitzvot from 1 to 613. Take a guess which mitzvah is Ba'asuni Mikdash. 95. Wow. <laughs> Alluding to the... Alluding to that when the Beit HaMikdash will be built, Shem, yes. already it's going to be the new Shem. It's going to be the Shem of 95. We once explained based on this, if you hear me, sometimes when, I, when they invite me to speak at the weddings, they don't invite me that much, but, when they, but from time to time, when they, have, when they have nobody else, they say, okay, say oh, something. Come on, Rabbi. Say something nice. Say something nice about Adam Nikala. So I tell them that we break a glass at the end of the wedding, and everybody says, oh, because of the destruction. It's true. But it's a good thing. Because I always tell Adam Nikala, the Zohar Kadosh says that God doesn't react in heaven until he sees. Hit on earth. It's called Arutadil Tata. And Hit an arousement on earth arouses things in heaven. When God sees us building Jewish homes, it arouses him to want to build his home. So therefore, every night time we have a wedding, it's already, it's like we're building up Jerusalem. Because God says, well, you know what? If they're building their homes and they did it, I'm building my home. Therefore, we're one step closer to the, to the building of the Beit HaMikdash. Wow. <laughs> so it's a good thing. We're breaking the glass as if to tell God, your home that's broken should be rebuilt just like tonight we're committing to rebuild, to, to build a Jewish home. Build, build the ultimate Jewish home. The ultimate Jewish home is God's home. And that's why, what do we say to the Hatan Bekalah? There's an old saying, Ashkenazim say it as well, we say, The match. It should be a good match. I say, What is Yud Peheh's 95. And we're saying, It's the numerical value. The Zivug should ultimately equal. How much is it? Wow. It should ultimately get to 95, which is what? The Mashiach, when God's going to build the Mikdash. That's Shazim That we're. You know, there's a famous Arizal. The Arizal says that um, Korah had the right idea, he was just premature. It says when Mashiach comes, Sadiq Katamari Yifrah. Sadiq Katamari Yifrah, so fit with Korah. You know, he was right. One day he's going to be a big guy. He just wanted to... He was eating the dates uh, unripened. He should have waited until they ripened. 
If you look at the beginning of Rashi in Parashat Korach, he does something that he doesn't do in any parasha. The first Rashi, Vayikach Korach. Parasha zu yafen midreshet betanhoma. This parasha, by the way, a lot of nice midrashim in the Tanhoma. Since when did Rashi become the information desk to tell us, you know, where to search? Your job, Rashi, is to tell us pshat. Now Rashi says, by the way, don't forget to look at the Midrash over here. It's great. Uh, and by the way, there's uh, an eggs are on sale at Food Town. For, what, what, what are you giving us? Uh, He's getting rid of his... What are you doing? You're doing, you're doing your job. You're not supposed to send me to the... So Rashi's tell you, listen, it's a hard parashah to understand what this guy caught out doing. But parashah zun, you want to understand this parashah? Parashah zun yafa nidreshet. When the tikkun of yafa will be, when the tikkun will be yafa, when Mashiach comes 95, betan when we have the hama from the goyim, then already you can understand parashah. So he's giving you pshat. Parashah zun, his parashah yafa nidreshet. It can only be explained when we get to the time of yafa. Until we get to that time, you, you, you can't understand what, what, what Kodah is doing. The point is, so now we go back. Tzedakah is how we bring Mashiach. Tzedakah is how we bring Mashiach. Because what are we doing in Tzedakah? We're changing the cough into a hair. What's the spread? A cough is a hundred. A hair is five. What's the spread? Ninety-five. The spread is ninety-five. And that's the Kabbalah when we're giving Siddhakah. Exactly. To make the tikkun of the Shekhinah that's in the, in the, in the Kalipot. To lift it out. So it's not Dala Va'aniyah. Then when we make the Evyon a non-Evyon, we're turning the Shekhinah into a non-Evyon. And that arises. So therefore my belief is that that's why the Urahim Kadosh came out of his way in the Pirashah that talks about Siddhakah to give us illusions about Mashiach. Because ultimately, both these <laughs> items are connected. Yiratzon, we should be zokeh to the pasuk that says Siyon the mishpat b'adeh b'shavah b'stakah. Amen. 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 Am